Hey, New Life family, it's so great to be back with you. Thank you for joining us for our online weekend service. Uh, hey, just uh, before we go, we're going to go through some of the uh, housekeeping items very quickly. Uh, about a year ago, we adopted a number 30500. So if you have any prayer needs, you can text that there. Uh, we just want to say thank you so much for your giving. And we're not going through this very quickly so that... Uh, or, or because we're minimizing it or anything like that. We just want to go through that very quickly because today we are doing communion. We're actually doing communion towards the end of the message. So if you want to go ahead and hit pause, get your communion items ready, uh, the your bread and your juice, we're going to do that later on. It's the first weekend of the month, and so this is what we always do uh, on the first week of the month is remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us by taking the communion elements. Okay, so uh, all the announcements. Uh, resources and giving and and all those things that we normally take time to go through the the information will be on below me on the screen as we go through it but we just want to dive right in and also let you know that on the 20th of June June the 20th uh, we are going to be jumping into our brand new summer series okay our summer series takes us all the way through summer so the rest of June all of July all of August we are going to be in a series called questions. And it's not necessarily questions that you have to God, the questions that are found in the scriptures, uh, random questions by from God to men, from men to other men, uh, from women to men, from men to women, whatever. Uh, any question in the Bible, there's thousands and thousands of questions uh, throughout our scripture. And we have to ask our teaching team to pick a couple of questions and do a message uh, regarding uh, wh what Jesus would say or what God would say or what we would say, our response to those questions. And so that's going to be our summer series. I'm really excited about that. That's going to be kicking off on Sunday, June the 20th. Now, by the time you're uh, watching this, uh, then you will already know that we have switched our service time from 10 a.m. to 10.30. Uh, we're doing baptisms on the 13th, so it's not too late. It's not too late for you to be water baptized. So if you want to be water baptized, make sure you reach out to a staff person, give them your, uh, your, your name and information so that we can be connecting with you and get you uh, the class and also get you signed up uh, to be water baptized. That's going to be a great celebration. So for those of you who have never uh, been, uh, uh, attended one of our baptism uh, services, that's happening on the 13th for both campuses uh, for uh, Patterson and for Turlock. Exciting news. We have picked up the approved plans for the rest of our uh, construction on our new building in Patterson. And so I cannot wait to celebrate with you. That's going to be happening probably the mid to late August is when we're going to be able to get in there for the first time. We don't have a solidified date yet. And for those of you that think, oh, man, August, that's so far away. No, it's not. By the time uh, you're watching this, it's already the first, maybe the second week of June. And it's going to fly by like that. You know how time flies. And we're going to be able to celebrate together in our own space. I cannot wait. Okay, so that's happening real soon. Uh, but thank you for uh, all your support, all your prayers, all your giving, all, all, all your sacrifices that you've been making uh, so that we can have our own facility. God has blessed us, and we are going to take advantage of that blessing and not take it for granted, okay? I've got my elements here. We're going to be kicking off. Uh, we're actually closing our, our series that, we're, that we've been in over the last few weeks called God's Heartbeat, Moments from Minutes. Uh, Cole, you ready? You ready to close this thing out? Jackson, how you doing, buddy? 
Hey, don't be late for my messages, all right? I need people to be here on time, ready to go with the anointing of Jesus in their life, all right? Sandy, we good to go? All right. Uh, my team loves it when I talk back to them on video. Hey, we're laid back around here. This is the Patterson campus, man, and we love to, uh, we're just all one big family. Hey, the series key, the, the key verse for this series has been Philippians 4.8 from the New Living Translation. It says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Okay, so the message key verse that we're going to be use, using today is found in the book of Psalm, chapter 71, verses 20 and 21. It says this, you have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Will you bow your heads with us as we pray over the message this morning or this weekend? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you've done in our lives. Thank you for the many blessings, Lord, that we recognize comes from you. Father, I pray this weekend that you will speak your words to your servant, to your people so that we can draw closer to you and closer to each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Wherever you are, say amen with me. All right. Uh, America is fascinated with restoring things, aren't we? We love it. Homes, vehicles, toys, all sorts of knickknacks and trinkets that maybe we grew up with. We go to uh, antique stores and we see things that emotionally takes us back somewhere, maybe to a simpler time. Uh, that creates those nostalgic moments for us. There's all sorts of TV shows about restoration too. Maybe many of you watch some of these like American Restoration, HDTV's Restored, Restoration Garage, Restoration Home, Fixer Upper, Property Brothers, Extreme Makeover. We have all of these shows about restoration that America is fascinated with. We love it. Some good friends of ours back in Wisconsin, they even started their own business, their own company called Restoration Reserve. And the wife, she'll take things, anything wooden that people throw out or discard or, or, or maybe try to sell, she'll pick up those things and man, she turns it into something really beautiful and amazing. Even right here at New Life, uh, Pastor Brett and some of the other grease monkey friends of his here from the Turlock campus, they've taken the bare bones of an old Indian motorcycle and began restoring it to new, to race. Uh, and so first of all, I have zero talent when it comes to this kinds of stuff. So I actually live through these moments with Brett and these guys that he's building this motorcycle with. I, and I can't wait to see the end result because seeing some of the pictures that you're seeing right now are pretty exciting. When we hear the word restoration, our minds quickly think of something old becoming new. But restoration also means to take something broken and fixing it again. I have an old single-shot 12-gauge uh, shotgun that my papa bought me when I was just 12 years old, 37 years ago, that needs some love. It needs some restoration. And one day I'll get to it. One day I'll restore it, and it's going to look great again. Likewise... Our scriptures are full of stories of restoration. In fact, the overarching theme of the entire Bible is one long story about love and restoration. Stories that are synonymous with healing and repairing or returning to a previous state. 
Restoration is a recurring theme for those in the scriptures who have strayed from the teachings and instructions and the love of God. And then God uses all sorts of uh, different means to restore these relationships back to him. There's other uh, restoration stories in the Bible that include things uh, like a decayed or a declined relationship, including personal relationships between one another, fortunes that have been lost, health that have faded or declined. That's how much God loves you today. God will do whatever he needs to do to restore a broken relationship with you this weekend, even sacrificing his own son, and that's what he did. He sacrificed his one and only son so that there was a restoration that occurred. So in the Bible, we actually see two broad categories in, uh, uh, under the topic of relational restoration. One is the, uh, the restoration in relationship that we have with God. And the other is a restoration in our relationships with each other. Now under these two broader categories are lots of different topics or moments, since we're talking about moments from minutes that we're going to talk about today. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the importance of two things that Jesus really emphasized in his teaching and in his messages, loving God and loving others. And I know what you're thinking, well, Jeremy, some of the others in my life are really difficult to love, and yes, I know, I have those too. We all have those others in our life where the relationship has been severely damaged by something done or something said, don't we? Rumors, lies, pride, selfishness, betrayal or breach of trust, culture or influence. I mean, over this past year, we've, been, we've experienced broken relationships because of things like political positions, moral stances, ethical decisions, social justice differences. And like I said, I have those others in my life as well. And even as I'm listing off some of the things that have caused separation between you and that other person, you're picturing a face or faces. I believe God wants to do what only he can do, something that he does best, which is to begin those moments of restoration in your life. Now, for some of you, it's going to be a moment of restoration between you and God. For some, it's going to be moments of restoration between you and your others. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at things that help align our heartbeat with the heartbeat of the Father. We've talked about things like his love for us and those moments where we get to truly connect with him and get to a deeper level of knowing him more and loving him more. We've also reiterated that the only way that we can really experience those moments with God is if we are invested into the minutes with him, moments from minutes. The way that we know him better, the way that we feel the love and his forgiveness that he offers, and the way that in, in which we get to grow and continue to develop into who he's created us to be only happens when we're spending time with him, when we're invested into the minutes and the spiritual disciplines with him. We talked about those moments a couple of weeks ago about being wounded and how God shows up right in the middle of those wounded moments to remind us that he's still there, that he's never left us, that he's never abandoned us. 
that even in the middle of our crisis, even in the middle of our struggle, we can, when we ask those questions like, God, where are you? We can feel that gentle whisper of him saying, I'm still right here. I never left you. So today, let's break down those two broader categories of relational restoration with God and with others and apply them to our own personal circumstances of needing relational restoration today. So first, let's talk about restoration with God, relational restoration with God. So here's your first fill-in for the weekend. Number one, God's heart beats for our restoration with him. God's heart beats for our re- re- restoration with him. I, as many times as, I, as I'm going to say relational restoration, I may get a little tongue-tied. The word restore is mentioned over 160 times in the Bible, most of which occur in the Old Testament. The Jewish nation, Israel, was consistently going back and forth in their obedience and relationship with God. So God spoke through the prophets about his passion about, and oftentimes his warnings about wanting to restore this relationship. This is what can happen if we restore this relationship. This is what can happen if we don't restore this relationship. Israel would break it. And God would fix it back and forth over and over again. God, God constantly speaks of the restoration of his people, Israel. He even gives them the instructions of how to rebuild a broken relationship with him. That still applies to us today. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. A very famous passage of scripture. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. And here we are thousands of years later. And this verse is what God is still saying to not only America, but the rest of the world. Back then, the people of Israel were were called by his name. And today, because of Jesus, we too are called by his name. If we will humble ourselves, if we will pray and seek his face, if we will turn from our wicked ways, then God will hear us. He will forgive our sins and restore our land. And then centuries later, after Israel, we find Israel still continuously drifting away from God over and over again. But then God shows up through the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 30, says this, I will give you back your health and heal your wounds, says the Lord. When I bring Israel home again from captivity and what? restore their fortunes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt on its ruins and the palace reconstructed as before. He would tell them, look, Israel, Jewish nation, you are my people. After all I've done for you, I've fed you, I've clothed you, I've protected you when you, uh, when you needed to gain victory, I've provided for all your needs. The only thing I want in return is your love and your heart and your obedience. I want a relationship with you. He gave Israel chance after chance after chance. Just like most of us as parents, we give our children chance after chance after chance. Israel would fall away and then he would call them back. They would turn their backs on God and worship other gods, other false idols, and then God, and then they would come back. Back and forth, back and forth. Century after century, generation after generation, this continued to happen. Fast forward to the New Testament. 
and we read it still happening. Only now, instead of uh, talking to a whole nation as God would, it began to be deeply personal. Why? Because now we find Jesus. The designer of restoration is now walking on the earth. And his very mission, his very purpose is to restore humanity's relationship back to the Father. If you grew up in church, you know, you know the story about the woman at the well. I love diving into the story. I love hearing other uh, great uh, preachers teach on the woman at the well because just all the different nuances and the angles of which you can take, take this story. If you don't know this story, let me give you a real quick summary. One day, while journeying through Samaria, Jesus encountered a woman drawing water from a well. Actually, Jacob's well is what it was called. He began their interaction by breaking all the sociocultural norms of his day just by even having a conversation with her. Not only was it unheard of for a man to speak to a woman in public, but Jews also hated Samaritans. Now here's a Jewish rabbi speaking to a Samaritan woman. And they considered them dirty. They considered them a mixed breed. Just FYI. 21st century racism is not a new thing. It's been happening for thousands of years. This woman, who had had five husbands and now living with a man she wasn't married to, was also rejected by her own community, which explains why she's drawing water at the hottest time of the day. And now here's Jesus not only speaking to her, but also discussing a deep theological truth with her. And in her encounter with Jesus... The woman found acceptance, she found forgiveness, she found grace, and she found a brand new beginning. Look what it says in John chapter 4, 28 through 30. The woman left her water jar. This is after her conversation, her conversation with Jesus. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Listen, your past mistakes don't have to determine your future. God offers the chance for a new life. Look how badly Jesus wanted to connect with her. Because that's how badly Jesus wants to connect with us. He valued this woman enough to go and find her. This was a woman that was so looked down on by her own community that she preferred, that she preferred to face the noonday heat and the sun over the judgment of the other women in the village. Jesus so desperately wanted to restore her back to new that he sought her out on that, at that particular well during that particular time of the day. And I personally believe that Jesus knew that that woman would be coming to him. He knew that that woman would be coming to that well to meet him. Jews never took this route. They never went through Samaria. As a matter of fact, they went around Samaria anytime they had to travel that distance because they didn't like the Samaritans. They thought of them, like I said, as dirty. They intentionally went around Samaria. But Jesus altered the route. I love that. 
If Jesus had stayed within the bounds of what society considered acceptable, he would have never spoken to this woman. And it's the same with you and I. Jesus knows you. Jesus loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And for some of you, Jesus is about to alter your route. Because Jesus not only altered his route to meet her, he also altered her route to meet him. Think about it. This was just an ordinary day for her. An ordinary day of broken relationships and embarrassment and judgment and isolation and withdrawal and humiliation. But Jesus showed up and he offered something different. He offered something life-giving. Something happened in her life because of her moment with Jesus. She aligned her heart with his. She invested minutes into spending time with him to get to her moment with him, a moment of restoration. Here's the timeline of the truth of this story and how it applies to us, okay? In the story, the woman arrives at the well with her past and her current reality, and Jesus is already there. For us, we can bring our lives to Jesus, and he's already waiting on us. In the story, she's embarrassed and tries to hide who she is, but Jesus makes her feel safe. For us, Whatever we bring to Jesus, he's faithful to forgive and to not judge. In the story, the woman accepts Jesus for who he is, and then she receives her forgiveness and a restoration. For us, Jesus accepts us the way we are. We too can receive our forgiveness and our restoration. In the story, the woman walks away new, forgiven, changed, and restored. For us, We can walk away from this message new, changed, forgiven, restored. That takes us to our second fill-in for this weekend. God's heart beats for our restoration with others. So first it beats for our restoration with him, and now it beats for others. Remember the two broad categories of restoration, relational restoration. Romans 12, 18 says this, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Over the last 15 months or so, because of the pandemic, there's been another pandemic. And it's alive and it's active and it's, it's in our culture and it's just as powerful and scary and deadly. And we are not giving it near enough attention. Not only has this physical pandemic of COVID wreaked havoc across our world, but there is another And it's a spiritual pandemic, the pandemic of division. Some of you have lost connections with at least one person or persons that you were close to because of the dumbest things over the last year, right? I know. Things that have divided us. And because we've taken it so personally, we've quit speaking to each other. We blocked or even hid them on social media. If we were to ever see them out, we would ignore them. Some of the things that I've seen on social media, uh, for anyone to believe that they're going to convince someone to come to their side because of something they type on someone's message or on someone's Facebook feed or someone's Instagram, I don't understand it. Our society has created a bunch of keyboard cowards because in the moment we have keyboard courage. 
and then we don't speak to that person anymore? I don't get it. Why have we allowed stupid things like that to cause division between us? Because, listen, that's exactly what the enemy wants. The enemy is laughing at the fact that this country is so divided and so full of hate and that there's tension between families and friends and coworkers and neighbors. It's, an, it's at an all-time high. Because where stress and chaos and hate and division exist, peace and joy and love and forgiveness and grace cannot exist. So when we're in those moments, that's exactly where the enemy wants us. Look what it says in John 10.10. These are the words of Jesus. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I love how the Passion Translation says the last part of that verse. It says this, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Part of that fullness, part of that overflowing that Jesus is referring to here is in healthy relationships. How do I know? Because how many times have you how many times have you hung out with someone who energizes you and you walk away from that conversation, you walk away from that lunch meeting, you walk away from that dinner and you feel like your relational tank is full. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says this, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other. I want to read those four words again. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. God created us like that. He designed you and I for each other. To be at odds with one another is not part of God's plan. You and I are not each other's enemy. Look what Ephesians 6.12 says. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. When you and I don't nurture and cultivate our relationships in a healthy way before all hell breaks loose like the pandemic has, then we react with conflict instead of responding with grace and with care. As followers of Jesus, we have the awesome responsibility to manage and take care of our relationships. For some of you, that means lowering your pride and being the first person to reach out and to begin that restoration process. Yes, you make the first move. Why? Because God reached out to you first. Can you prove it, Jeremy? Matter of fact, I can. Matthew or Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. When? While we were still sinners. While you were a sinner. While you walked around with all the junk and ugliness this world has to offer and all the sin in your life that you were born into, God loved you. And he made the first move. And he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. He reached out first to restore that relationship. And he set the bar. He set the model for us to do the same. Think about all the broken relationships in your life right now. What would happen if you reached out first to restore that relationship? What would happen? 
Now, I'm not talking about all the relationships that were super toxic and unhealthy, even the ones where you were in a position where you weren't safe, uh, those situations where you needed to distance yourself. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the ones where you look back and say, man, that was really stupid. I can't believe I don't talk to that family member because of that. I mean, I lost that friend because of this. I mean, it's, it's awkward around this coworker and that neighbor now because of that, because I said that, because I typed that. I, or what about this one? Man, I can't believe I'm no longer a part of that church because of him, because of her, because of this, because of that. I broke off relational I broke off my relationships with my faith community because of this. Really? God wants relational restoration in our lives. There are people in your life today that God wants you to restore a broken relationship. So let me ask you, who is that person? Who is that person? Who are those people? Let's face it, you know exactly who they are. I know who they are in my life. How many times have you picked up your phone to call them or to text them and then you pressed cancel instead of send? Let me challenge you to make the first move. You may text them and get left on red, as the teenagers say. <laughs> it's okay. I've been left on red. You may call them back and leave a voicemail and never get a return call. It's okay. I've left voicemails and I don't get a return call, it's okay. You did your part. You've come to them. And unlike Jesus, they may not be waiting on you. That's okay. As much as possible, Jesus is urging us to live in peace with one another. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Begin restoring that relationship today. And I want to close by going back to our relationship with God. Listen, if you're willing to bring God your brokenness, he can and will restore you. He loves taking care of those who are tired or broken or wounded, someone who's given up, those of you that are still bound to your past, you're emotionally and mentally hurt to the point where it, it's literally affected you physically. God wants to take you and completely restore you. If you will come to him, if you'll spend the minutes with him, you can rest, you can rest assured that you will embrace the moment. Hey, go ahead and take out your, your, um, your communion elements. If you haven't got those yet, you can go ahead and push pause, come back. We're, we're going to be right here waiting on you. But we, we want to take this moment and just remember and reflect on what Jesus did all those years ago, 2,000 years ago. Because what he did 2,000 years ago is this entire message. He restored humanity back to the Father. The entire scripture from Genesis to Revelation is this book of restoration, this book of love 
before in the Old Testament, we had to try and restore relationship back with God by doing this and this and this. And then finally, God sent Jesus to die for our sins. He allowed his body to be broken. He allowed his blood to be spilled out to cover our sin. And that's what restored us back to God. So now we get to come to him in freedom, in the confidence of our salvation, as the Apostle Paul talks. So go ahead and take out your elements. Take out the wafer, whatever you use them for bread. And let's pray over this. Jesus, thank you for your broken body. Thank you for allowing your sacrifice, your body to be sacrificed for our sin. Thank you for allowing your body to be broken and taking the penalty. Taking the penalty for my sin, taking the penalty for our sin, taking the penalty for humanity's sin and bringing us back into a right relationship with the Father. Because of your act, we are restored. We are new. We are forgiven. We accept your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat. The juice that you hold in your hand, wherever you are right now, symbolizes the spilled blood of Jesus that covers the sin of humanity. Let's pray over the juice. Father, thank you again. Your body was broken and your blood was spilled out. Father, we accept the spilled blood as the covering of our sin and our trespasses, our iniquities, our wrongdoings. We receive the fact that your blood covers our sin, past, present, future. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and forgiveness. In your name, amen. Let's drink. I want to close by reading Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This has become one of my all-time favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, especially in the message translation. This message translation of these two verses have penetrated my spirit almost, almost more than any other verse in our Bible. It reads this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So there's two challenges I want to close with uh, this weekend that I want to give to you. Two challenges. Accept the challenge. Number one, if you need to restore your relationship with God, come to him this week and do that. I promise you, if you go looking for him, you will find him waiting for you. That's my first challenge. My second challenge is this. With whom do you need to restore a relationship in your life? You know exactly who they are, family member, a friend, co-worker, a neighbor. You make the first move. Don't wait on them. 
lower your pride, make that first move. It may not work, but at least you did your part to live at peace with everyone. Hey, we love you guys. We want you to have a great week. Don't forget all the announcements that we had in the beginning. Uh, water baptisms happening on June 13th. Uh, on the 20th, we start a brand new series. And I'm super excited about what God is doing, not only in the hearts and lives and relationships here at New Life, but also what he's doing through us as well. We love you guys. We want you to have a great week. We'll see you back here next weekend.